Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Friday on The Horn. It's Hook them up with Ian Rod B. If it is a Friday, and then this first Friday of February, Rod, what does that make it? Uh, freak flag, feel good. Fake it till you make it. Ric Flair. Woo! Football Friday edition of Hook Them Up with E and Rod B. It is, it is. And coming off our What the Fact segment, it is a fact. Punks with, or an opinion, I guess. Punxsutawney Phil in uh, Groundhog Day did not see his shadow today. Okay. I don't know how they determine that. Who, who, does he talk? I don't know. I don't understand. So then um, are we going to get spring? Yes. I mean, spring's coming early? I think it's, uh, it's what, if it's whether or not he comes out of his hole or not. He has woken up and not seen his shadow, meaning, according to the legend, we are destined for an early spring. So he didn't come out of the hole. I don't I mean he did come out of the hole, but then they say he didn't see, did or didn't see I his don't, shadow. I don't, I don't know how they determine this. I think that's just like a, you know, like an old English term for him coming out of the the hole. Is it not? I've, I've, since I was a kid, I was always like, he either comes if he comes out, there's longer winter. If not, then I, I, then, it's then it's come, spring is coming sooner. I finally uh, saw someone who lives in that area make it make sense. They just said, it's just, just a reason to have a party. It's a reason to all get together and have a party. So nobody cares if he actually sees his shadow. No, it's, or not. A, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a legend. Yeah. Folklore. I'm sure somebody has researched how accurate this all is. I'm sure that's within a Google search to find out accurate Puxatani feels. You know, and why February second? What's the, what's the important? I'm sure there's reasons for this. But I'd have to research them, and I don't want to do that. Of why 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 today? Why February second is the important day? I don't know, uh, and I don't know how a groundhog knows if it saw a shadow or not, or how we would know if it did or didn't. Uh, yeah, a so, reason to drink, and they probably can drink early too. Oh, in Pennsylvania, early, hell early yeah! In the morning, like, <laughs> yeah, because I was watching what it was at the morning news here, and they they had music going, mm-hmm. bunch of dudes and big dudes and beards yep, playing the banjo. Is. Yeah, that's what it is. They were jamming. It was good. It's good. Uh, all right, so we appreciate you folks on what the facts because the people are we're talking about district realignment in UIL. Somebody let us know that Gonzales, Texas, has to play Lago Vista. Gonzales is down south of Luling. I know. On your way to Victoria, they got to play Lago Vista. I want to you say know where Vista is. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, there, there's a lot of. I want to say there are a lot of schools that got that happened to. Um, Lufkin, Texas, actually, Lufkin got they got a they got a crazy uh, setup too. Because I heard somebody complaining about that how they got to travel. Uh, well, look, there's reasons for me. Here's a guy that says I grew up in a small town in the Panhandle. Closest district school was it was 80 miles away. There you Which go. look, if you live in West Texas. Yeah, you got like Abilene. You're, you're like driving. That. Yeah. And you're used it to is. it, by the way, because mm-hmm. it's, it's a long way to anywhere out there, for crying out loud. Um, but, yeah, but that, that's why I mentioned Austin Anderson. But, you know, Austin Anderson, the Trojans, are the only 5A Division One school in Austin. So they can't play other schools in Austin in district play. So they're going to go to Pflugerville and Hayes and A&M Consolidated, yeah. and they're going all over Bastrop to try to play other 5A Division One schools. I get the reasoning, but it is, uh, you know, that, that there's logistical issues you deal with, especially a parent of, of youngsters and things. It's just the way it goes, though. I mean, everybody's got their their issues to deal with, yeah. but that was announced yesterday. Yeah, so. no, like I said, I, I'm, I feel for the parents because uh, that's true. Yeah, it's, it says Lufkin isn't Lufkin, Burleson, Centennial, Claiborne, Dallas Holland Park. Joshua, Midlothian, Red Oak, Tyler. I don't even know, know how that even makes sense. Lufkin's got to come a long way. They're coming east. Yeah. They're coming west, I should say, into yeah. parts of the Metroplex to play sister games. Yeah. And I guess that's, that's the determination they make is, like, do we take them – you've got to take them in one direction when you're out there in the middle of – not in the middle of nowhere, but when you're by yourself, when you're isolated. You take them in one direction. You take them 
that DFW way, you take them where toward more, uh, I guess, more metropolitan areas or where there are more schools. Because that's wild, too. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's the best solution for the most schools. Doesn't mean it works for every school. Yeah. This is the best solution for the most schools. Or Gonzalez. I mean, somebody just mentioned Gonzalez. It's a cool little town, by the way. You know, a lot of history in Gonzales, if you if you ever make that drive down 183. But um, so Gonzales is in a district not just with Lago Vista, but also Salado and uh, uh, up up north there. So the the text just bounced from where I, that I had, but uh, crazy. So uh, you now know what your district is for the next two years in uh, the UIL and in the state of Texas. That came out yesterday. Salado and Gerald uh, with yeah. Gonzales, wow. who also goes to. Lago Vista. Golly. <laughs> oh, I, said, I, don't, I, I don't know how they – I don't know these road trips, man. I guess you got – that's what the booster clubs are for. Got to raise money for these road trips. But, but for like, I mean, you're just thinking for a problem for, like, Gonzalez. To get from Gonzalez to any of these, you got to come through Austin, especially to get to Lago Vista. And that was always my challenge when my kids were playing ball and we had to go through – we were in Hayes and you had to go through town to get out to, like, Cedar Park and Leander yeah. and Vista Ridge yeah. and all these schools. So that's a long trip because oh. you've got to go through all the traffic. traffic. Yeah, it's right in rush hour. It's right yeah. in the middle of rush hour. You're trying to get out there. It's like, oh, and they're – same thing when they're coming our way. It's like uh, there's no way around it. It's brutal. You just got to go straight through. It is brutal. Plow up, uh, you know, Mopac. And plow. I mean, it was – it was The only way out is through. <laughs> Uh, but no, you can go. But can't you go around now? Can't you use the tolls? Now you can. Now you can. Back a little day, you bit could. better. Yeah, a little bit better. That was. That you was pay for it though. That was that was years ago for me. Hey, can we get to the other headlines? Oh, top stories on a busy Friday. Let's get you caught up. Rod's got a great rant coming up to uh, take you a deep dive. There's a lot of news. Let's get to it. Top stories presented by Top Gun Rentals and Lot Equipment. We start with Texas basketball. Huge win for the Texas women last night on the road in Waco. The fabulous freshman Madison Booker scored 22 points. Aaliyah Moore added 19 as 12th ranked Horns pulled away from 13th ranked Baylor to earn a 67 55 victory. They improved to 7 3 in Big 12 play. The win avenges a December, late December loss to Baylor in Austin for a fired up Vic Schaefer. Like these kids are what they're going through dealing with. Deanna Gaston, not not 60%. She's not ready, tried to give us some help, did tonight. Madison Booker ain't practiced in five days. I mean, unbelievable. That kid's a monster. If that ain't the best freshman in the country, I don't know who is. For what she's having to do for our team, run the team, run the points, score, assist, defend, the kid's unbelievable. I mean, that number 35 might be as good as the one they've had here before. Wow, that's a Kevin Durant reference from Madison Booker right there uh, from Big Schaefer. Texas men in action tomorrow, by the way. They'll play 1 o'clock at TCU, their fifth straight game against a ranked opponent. Horn Frogs on the road in Fort Worth, 1 o'clock to tip. Texas football, big departure for Steve Sarkeesian and the Horns. After three years on the 40 Acres, Texas Director of Player Personnel Billy Glasscock is leaving to take over as the general manager at Ole Miss. Glasscock served an important role in coordinating the recruitment of high school and transfer portal prospects in concert with the recruiting support staff. Uh, over the past three seasons, the Longhorns have signed three straight top five recruiting classes, landed just landed the second-ranked transfer portal class in average ranking. Big departure yesterday morning for the Cowboys as well. After three seasons at the helm of a top-five defense for, for Dallas, Dan Quinn has been named the new head coach of the Washington Commanders. That fills the eighth and final vacancy in the NFL. Reports abound this morning that UCLA head coach Chip Kelly may be joining Quinn in Washington as his offensive coordinator. Uh, back in Dallas, remains to be seen which Quinn assistants will go with him to Washington. Also, whether Dallas looks outside the organization or promotes from within to replace him. Las Vegas Raiders are expected to hire former Arizona Cardinals and Texas Tech head coach Cliff Kingsbury to be their new offensive coordinator. 
NBA. Rockets have made a trade, acquired Memphis Grizzly center Stephen Adams in a trade for guard Victor Oladipo and three second-round picks. Blockbuster trade in baseball with the Baltimore Orioles, 101 wins last year. They've acquired starting pitcher Corbin Burns from the Milwaukee Brewers for a pair of top prospects and the 34th pick in the 2024 draft. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. A new year and a new store. Come see our new beauty location at 200 Trademark Drive to rent, buy, or repair any construction and lawn equipment you need. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. Yeah, the coaching carousel is officially done with Dan Quinn getting the Washington Commanders job. That is a, a job could be sneaky good um, because you do got talent there. Um, wide receivers, you got some uh, really good wide receivers in uh Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin, you got um, really good. I mean, your defensive line, actually, even though you did <clears throat> trade one of those pieces uh, with, with Chase Young, it's still a loaded D-line with some really good pieces there. Um, I think number two overall pick. So, you know, you'll be able to pick your quarterback of the future, wherever that may be, with that number two overall pick in a deep, rich quarterback draft. They got the most salary cap space uh, in the league this offseason. So they spend that wisely, and they have the new GM, Adam Peters, who is the assistant GM with the San Francisco 49ers, so he's seen it done, knows how to maximize that draft capital. And I said Dan Quinn can't afford to pass up any more jobs. I mean, he's, this coaching carousel, this cycle, he had, to, he had to take one of those jobs. Otherwise, next coaching carousel cycle, I mean, you'll have Vrabel out there. You'll have, um, man, you're going to have Ben Johnson. The Detroit Lions guy, he'll be in that next coaching carousel. Uh, Bill Belichick will be putting his name out there. He's going to be trying to, you know, make some connections here in this uh, th- during this season, this time off, I guarantee you, so that he can get back in to the coaching game. So I just think that Dan Quinn, his hand was forced a little bit, but I do think it's a it's a good situation for him. It's not a, it's not a bad situation at all. No. Yeah. Uh, and, know, a conf- and a def- division he knows. Division he knows. Division he knows. And, you know, his second opportunity as a head coach, of course, took Atlanta to a Super Bowl, but uh, didn't win that Super Bowl. They're up 28-3 to yeah. and lost to the Patriots that you know, night. He knows how to choose a good O.C. Shows Kyle Shanahan and Steve Sarkeesian. It's pretty good offensive minds. And here comes Chip Kelly, it appears. And uh, the, the, the coordinator hires are happening fast and furious because we mentioned Chip Kelly to Washington likely with Dan Quinn. And they, cause it's funny because I guess the Chip Kelly connection came with Dan Quinn because when it was looked like Dan Quinn might get the Seattle job, mm-hmm. the name Chip Kelly percolated. Yeah. And now he's going to Washington, and Chip Kelly's percolating there. So there must have been a connection. And, and now, Chip Kelly's trying to get out too. Yeah, Chip Kelly wants Chip out of Kelly UCLA. Chip Kelly is also using his NFL connections to get interviews because sure. the reports are in reports that he interviewed for the Raiders' job. Yeah. Too. Well, I mean. For OC jobs. Sorry. You, OC would, job. you, would, you would speculate that if Dan Quinn – had communicated to Chip Kelly, hey, look, if I get one of these jobs, I'd like you to come with me mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, and now he is going to Washington. And uh, we'll see what Dallas does. And in, in a lot of thought that they're going to promote from within in Dallas, which is what Dallas typically does. But yeah. it, does, it can work when you go outside and bring in a Dan Quinn who, who uh, kind of changes and revolutionizes your defense in top five, three straight years. And that's what I said yesterday for Cowboys fans, Rod, after you had to run, by the way, Rod's going to have to have his wisdom teeth out this oh, coming week. Yeah. Are you not? Is that, Doc wants is that to official now? That's official. Mon- oh. Monday and Tuesday. I'll be out. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, man. It's going to be rough. But it's okay. I, 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 I think the recovery will be, it'll be quicker than, you know, than I anticipate. Good. I think it'll be Because, I mean, the doctor was like, the way he made it seem that it wasn't going to be something that was long and drawn out. I'm only going to miss two days of work. We'll see. Maybe I'll come in here sounding like a – that, that, no, no, something weird because my mouth will be all swollen. But he says I can come back to work after a couple of days. So. Well, sorry to hear that. But, no, uh, sorry. You got to do what you got to do. It's got to happen, man. But go, so to, I, go to the dentist, guys. 
So go see my man, Dr. U. Go see Dr. Eckert. Dr. Eckert. Take care of your, your, your oral hygiene for sure. For sure. But I, I mentioned that because you had to leave a little bit early yesterday to go to that appointment. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned as you, when you were gone that, you know, because that came down right as you were leaving, that Dan Quinn has accepted the Washington job yep. and has been hired. Uh, he would accept it. They were going to offer it to him. And, you know, so for the Cowboys now, Whatever you thought, because now Cowboy fans are like, oh, good riddance. So he had two, three straight top five defenses. I know, oh. he, I know the last vision of him was the Green Bay game, and that was a debacle for everybody because you got smoked, you know, it was 48 yep. to 16 on your home field against the seven seed. Um, embarrassing on all levels. But, and the defense was part of that, without a doubt. But Dan Quinn did oversee three straight top five defenses, um, you know, one of the better units in the league. Yep. Kellen Moore was there. Before, right, and he had, was you had scoring offense, scoring offense number one in the league for his time there, and you know, but it's quick how Cowboy fans think. Well, you know, they weren't good coaches. Those were good coaches, damn good coaches. And that, the, the fact that they're in demand by the league tells you they're good coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's the frustrating part for Cowboys fans for me is you got nine Pro Bowlers, <laughs> you got coaches that are in demand that people want, and you still can't win. I don't I mean that's it's highly culture. frustrating. That's culture. Culture. That's just that's who they are. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Unfortunately, and we know it stems from the top, yeah. without a doubt. But I mean, you got good coaches, you've got really good players, um, and you can't get past the the wild card round or the divisional round in the playoffs. But that's been the way for three decades. They've, yep. had, they've had good players. I know. I mean, <laughs> well, well, they, they haven't always had good players. There have been years where they were really void of talent in a lot of cases. Well, are, this team's really talented. I know, but a lot of times the Cowboys they're, they're never just totally bereft of talent they got a lot more a lot of time they have the talent coaching at times has been an issue it's not now yeah yeah no question uh now our coaching and now kellen moore's in your division dan quinn's in your division and you gotta beat those guys and uh mike mccarthy goes head to head with them now on a you know two two games a year against both of those guys and uh we'll see that's just it's one of those I and mean, we know the reasons right we've been through them over and over again but frustrating for sure if you are a cowboys fan because uh, i do think dan quinn's a very good coach and he was no doubt. unbelievably liked in that locker room yeah i mean and his system was a very progressive modern system built on multiplicity and, and hybridism uh, with his athletes he likes you know playing a lot of three safeties he likes twisting stunts up front he likes pre-snap shell disguise plays a lot of man coverage i mean he had a a brand of football that he had really started in atlanta um but then really perfected it with the cowboys with michael parsons and all these different hybrid players that he brought in and i just wonder for the cowboys are they going to you know pivot go a different direction um or are they going to try to keep the continuity of that style of defense just another play caller spin on what Dan Quinn was already doing who has familiarity with it that would be the promotion from within so because his his scheme was so unique it's going to be really interesting to see front office wise this is why this your chain of command critique of the Cowboys is so important because alignment is is key here to make sure the front office is on the same page do we want to go in the Dan Quinn direction if not it's going to be the types of players that we're going to draft and acquire are going to be very different. Um, if we're going to bring in another DC who doesn't want to run the Dan Quinn system, um, it changes a lot of things. It changes your approach. It's going to change the direction of the talent acquisition cycle for the Cowboys. So that it's going to be interesting to see who they decide is going to be the, the DC. And it'll tell you, I think pro priority from within is probably the best course of action. Yeah. And that Joe Witt Jr. is a name. We'll let you hear from him coming up. Uh, kind of some, what you might be getting if it is indeed Joe Witt Jr. Uh, we will pick that up coming up. Also, as we mentioned, Chip Kelly with Dan Quinn in Washington. Looks like Cliff Kingsbury to the Raiders to coach offense for Antonio Pierce. 
By the way, Marvin Lewis, the former Bengals coach for a long time, has been named the assistant head coach there. Smart kind move. of a veteran yeah. mentor, or at least an advisor for, for yep. Antonio Pierce, who's young in the game. And the Buccaneers are working on a deal, Tampa Bay, to hire Liam Cohen as their new offensive coordinator. Um, he's bounced back and forth between the Rams and the Kentucky Wildcats in college football the last six years. Uh, Baker Mayfield said out uh, at the uh, Skills Challenge this week that you know, he would wait to even talk to the Buccaneers until he found out who was going to be the OC. That's one he's probably going to like if it is indeed Liam Cohen coming in from the Rams. From the McShanahan tree. The McShanahan tree, yes. Yeah, Sean McVay, Kyle it's Shanahan. Everywhere. All right, let's go uh, to Rod's first rant of this Friday morning, a football Friday on Hook Em Up with Ian Rodby. Rod's rant of the day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car. Any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, no, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, so we were just talking about the uh, Dallas Cowboys and their defensive coordinator vacancy that Dan Quinn leaves. Now he's headed to be the head coach of the Washington Commanders. Let's talk about the candidates, internal candidates and the candidates that they could bring in from the outside. Joe Witt Jr. Um, right now looks to be one of the favorites. Joe Witt Jr. is the uh, pass game coordinator, defensive pass game coordinator and secondary coach. The reports are this is his dream job. I believe I saw uh, Calvin Watkins tweet that out. This is his dream job. Uh, so if that's the case, I'm sure that he will, if the Cowboys indeed want him, um, that he probably would decline any other job offers, uh, even following Dan Quinn to Washington, which that's going to be a possibility that you could lose a lot of these internal candidates because Dan Quinn could decide to poach them, that he wants these guys. Um, uh, Aiden Dirt, Aiden Dirt, uh, Dirty is also another internal candidate which has been mentioned. He's um, under Quinn. Um, he also the defensive line coach, uh, and so he would be a candidate because he would have familiarity with the system, of course. Uh, also, Al Harris has been another popular name mentioned who has coached the defensive backs uh, under Dan Quinn. Uh, Dan Quinn's defense is very very db centric loves a lot of sub packages nickel dime defenses plays three safeties your big nickel um your big dime al harris would have familiarity with the system if you want to keep continuity the internal and i usually i for the cowboys i would say they probably should bring in someone who's an outsider because it helps them to have fresh new ideas a fresh perspective on the organization which the Cowboys often need because they operate well in a bubble a lot of the times. Uh, the but I do think for Dan Quinn's system because it's so unique, you probably would do best if you want the continuity go in in uh, internally. But externally, guys on the outside who you could bring in, uh, Don Week Martindale, uh, widely respected as a DC, loves to blitz like crazy. He's one of those guys. Um, Sean Desai. Is was the you know with the Eagles, uh, so that's a, obviously he arrived uh, in Philadelphia last offseason. Was hired as see Jonathan Gannon replacement, didn't work out well for them. But he's a disciple of Vic Fangio, who also is now in your division because he is the defensive coordinator for the Eagles. Ron Rivera is another thing that's been mentioned. I like Ron Rivera, he was my defensive coordinator when I was with the Bears. My only concern about Ron Rivera is. It's been a few years since he's actually called defensive plays, so I'd wonder about how modern his defense would be. 
Um, that's always a concern with a coach who rose to the head coaching ranks but hasn't really been a play caller in a while. So I wonder how modern his defense is because Dan Quinn has got one of the most progressive, uh, you know, really kind of breakthrough, groundbreaking defenses in the NFL. I was crazy to say, but conceptually it is. Um, he's doing a lot of things that are right now kind of against the grain, but I think they will become – more and more, uh, I think they'll become more and more of a regular uh, concept that you'll see in the NFL as teams start to kind of copy that model because Dan Quinn's got a really good defense. And this is a guy that's been an architect of a, you know, a couple of defenses now that have been really good. The Legion of Boom defense was an all-time great defense, but that was a very different defense than the one he had in Dallas. So it just shows you that he can evolve and that you can see that Dan Quinn defenses they do change from location to location. Hell, the defense that he has in Washington may be different than the defense that he constructed with the Cowboys. Because, but I will say the defense that he can, that he built with the Cowboys, he was working on that toward the tail end of his time in Atlanta. So I believe this is what he was progressing toward. All right, uh, Brandon Staley. I know people don't like Brandon Staley as a head coach, but Brandon Staley is a defensive coordinator, guys. Also from that Vic Fangio coaching tree, uh, one of the he was one of the best DCs. Um, in the NFL, one of the fast-rising stars. So he got the job for the Chargers at a young age and ended up underachieving and got fired as a head coach. So I don't know if he's ready to be a head coach yet, but Brandon Staley as a defensive coordinator, honestly, I think I like that. I might take that. System is different, though, a little different than what Dan Quinn runs, but every system is going to be different than what Dan Quinn runs. Uh, Clint Hurt. Um, and he's out uh, because of uh, Pete Carroll being out. So Clint Hurt is a longtime respected mind um, that Cowboys could consider. Um, he might be a hot commodity. Um, I don't know. I know there are some other guys who haven't committed, like uh, Ejiro Evero, the um, defensive uh, coordinator with the Broncos in 2022, and then went to Carolina. Um, now they have a new coach, and I know there's talk that they may keep him, but if not – that's an opportunity. Uh, Mike Zimmer's name has already been brought up. I got, I got questions about the mo- how modern his off- his defenses are too, because Mike Zimmer's been out of the game a little bit while in terms of play calling. But I do think Mike Zimmer's a hell of a, a defensive mind. Um, and I think there's some other guys. Maybe Shane Bowen's another name that's been mentioned. Uh, Mike Pettin is another name that's probably been mentioned out there, but. You got about 10 candidates potentially internally uh, from the guys you can bring in as outsiders who would be, in my opinion, they'd be credible candidates that the Cowboys could bring in. But I think right now your best course of action, because of how unique and non-traditional Dan Quinn's defense is, is to get somebody who knows the Dan Quinn defense. And you can always transition to something else, but you need somebody to help you with the transition so you don't go cold turkey. Because I think that going from that defense cold turkey could cause you to have some made some issues, some serious growing pains. Yeah, well, and that you don't want that slide, right? I mean, uh, as I've said, and my opinion on the Cowboys is this would be the year. I know you went just went twelve and five, but your three straight years of not moving past the divisional round, you have a quarterback who's about to be worth you know sixty million dollars on your cap. This would be the year I'd eat it and just start the, I don't want to say rebuild, but I'd start the move on from Dak Prescott conversation. I know I'm in the minority on that with most people. I would start that process and start looking to the next level. Maybe Trey Lance gets an opportunity in the future, but either way, they're not going to do that. Jerry Jones said we're going all in for this year. So if you're doing that, you're probably going to extend Dak and you're hitched to his wagon for the next four or five years, even beyond this coming year. Uh, And that means you want to beat – 
if you're going all in on 2024, as Jerry Jones said, and we know there are mixed messages coming from, from that mouth, um, but if you are going all in, something within the structure is probably your best case. Agreed. Because if you bring in something brand new that's got a different philosophy, different type of personnel that they like to use, uh, ideas you're going to – then there's a personnel gap, yep. right? Then they're, oh, I need this and I need that. Uh, we saw Pete Kwiatkowski do it here at Texas. Like when he first got here, he kind of had to work with what was there. Exactly right. And now they're working towards you know, acquiring the players and bringing in the players that kind of fit what he wants to do. You do the same thing at the pro level. Uh, and Dan Quinn had been th- there three years and had shaped the uh, – the organization and that defense around what his his vision was. Uh, someone from outside with a different vision that would I would see Might slippage. Take some time. I would see slippage. Yeah. Uh, that's why there's a you know opportunity you know someone from within Al Harris or a Joe Witt Jr. One of those kinds to keep the consistency because normally with the Cowboys I'm, I'm I know they're big on promoting from within and yeah. we like our guys but that might be if you are indeed in for 2024 that might be the best course of action. And I know uh, Trevon Diggs said Al Harris for DC so I think he's big on Al Harris already. And something to keep in mind, the number one question that Jerry Jones and Will McClay and Mike McCarthy, all the guys who are going to be putting, uh, obviously, input in on whatever this decision is going to be made, what's your plan for Michael Parsons? Because we're about to make him the highest paid defensive player in the history of the NFL, and I need to know we're going to get the most bang for our buck out of this dude. If we pay him this kind of money and then you have a system that doesn't maximize Micah, that's going to be a problem. Yeah, you're right about that. So that's your number one question. And how do you weaponize him, for yep. sure. Uh, and look, there's, as we said, the Jesse Holly conversations, questioning his you know, work ethic and commitment to the team and commitment to being the total package player, all that kind of things. And who knows if that's fictitious or if that's whatever that is. It's certain, there's just a lot of noise around the Cowboys right now coming from family members and um, oh, people man. who cover the team. And uh, it, it's not a, it doesn't feel like a real good situation. And now Dan Quinn, who was one of the most liked people in that facility yep. is now moving on and uh, so we'll, so we'll see where the Cowboys go there good stuff with Rod's rant we'll come back we'll pick it up we'll hear from one of those candidates from within uh, kind of his coaching philosophy we'll also hear more from Jim Harbaugh who is the new head coach of the LA Chargers as the eight vacancies have been filled and what do you know Bill Belichick Mike Vrabel Pete Carroll all uh, not coaching in 2024 it appears it. we'll talk more about that plus before the end of the hour bullish or BS, we'll get to some stories that uh, we're calling BS on or some that we're really bullish on before the end of our, our, uh, our hour here in the 7 o'clock hour. And hook them up with Ian. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. A Cowboys conversation this morning with the departure of Dan Quinn to the division rival Washington football team. I still think that was a better name than Commanders, by the way. Washington football team. I was a fan of that. Uh, the white, it was unique. It was unique. It was, it unique. was uh, yeah. unique to the league. Commanders. Yeah, like, kind of a soccer, like a Euro feel to it. Washington football team. I, mean, I didn't mind it. It's kind of a, but it is a, uh, the football team. You know, I kind of like it. The football team. I, I'd like that if my team was called the football team. Well, they were the racial slurs before that. So. Yes. Yeah, uh, that this. But as far as Cowboy fans, they're frustrated for sure. This says it really doesn't matter what the Cowboys try. They're cursed. Uh, this says Cowboys are uh, who we are and always are who we thought they were. And it says as a fan of the Cowboys, we will not win a chip a ship until the Jones family moves out of the way and lets professionals do their job. Uh, that is true. And this that. one says you guys are right. If Mike McCarthy would have been fired, then the hire for the defensive coordinator would have come from outside. That's true. You know that, but, but firing McCarthy would be admitting, okay, let's let's kind of. You know, rebuild is probably too strong a word of what I'm suggesting. It's a reboot. 
Yeah. It's a reboot because – because to me, uh, if, if we would all agree, and I don't know if everybody does, at least with me, I know Ty does, that, that Dak Prescott is not the quarterback to take you to win a Super Bowl. Uh, I just don't – I think there is a ceiling there uh, that has been shown plenty of, plenty of, of sample size uh, going into his eighth season now. He's never led you on a long playoff run. It's not all his fault, but at the same time, he's a big part of it. He plays his worst in the biggest games. Mm-hmm. Um, Unfortunately. That's a problem. That is a um, big problem. A major problem. I mean, Lamar Jackson, you can say the thing about him in, Detroit, in Baltimore. They're, they're having yeah. the same conversations. That's true. But, um, and yeah. they just signed him. So they're going to – but I mean, this is, you're at a point with Dak that you're now at the back end of this big contract you signed him after his rookie deal. And it's a balloon year. So you've got to make some real hard choices of whether you're going to, you know, swallow that balloon year, as we say, or – you know, redo it and restructure it and stretch him out and, and commit to him long term. Uh, I would advise advise against that, but at the same time, you know, and move move on to a to to, to the reboot, which I'm not saying to completely rebuild, but you're going to move on from guys like Tyron Smith and Dak Prescott, big picture, and and maybe even Demarcus Lawrence and some of your high priced veterans, and you're going to move forward and build around the C.D. Lambs and the Micah Parsons and the um, you know, Ty, Tyler Smith, your young tackle, I mean, your young offensive lineman, those, those are the kind of guys you then build forward with. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but that would take a new coach. That would just take Jerry Jones pulling the, rub, pulling the ripcord, yeah. which I don't think That's he'll do. That's not happening. Uh, but to, to my mind, if you're just you know, all in for 2024 and you're going to promote a new defensive coordinator and um, you know, re-up re, re, re with Dak and, and stretch that contract out, you're just putting lipstick on a pig, as they say, Rod. You're putting Band-Aids on it, I, I believe, big picture, because in addition to – you're not moving forward as a team, and we could argue that or not. I don't think you are. I mean, you're, you've been stabilized. You want 12, 12 regular season wins, three straight years, but you're not going any further in the playoffs, and that's what you're judged no. on. You've also been passed in the NFC by now the Packers, the Lions, 49ers were already ahead of you. The Eagles, you know, they've gone the opposite direction of you. They've completely, I don't want to say blown things up, but they've made massive changes. They have. Because they weren't happy with what happened this year when they made the playoffs, lost in the wild card round, just like the Cowboys did. So it's back-to-back years, though, they've had to make massive changes. First of all, to their, their their coordinators left after reaching the Super Bowl, and now they had to fire their coordinators. That's that's wild. It is. In a two-year span. And they, it's <laughs> – They've had They're two the, changes at both coordinator spots. But it's, it's, it's almost the anti-Cowboys, right? It's funny that they're in the same yeah, division right. and they're rivals because the that, Cowboys like our guys and we kind of stand pat and ride the wave, whereas Philadelphia win a Super Bowl and then the first sign of trouble, they blow the thing up, whether it's yep. quarterback, coach. Get to a Super Bowl, they still think about blowing it up. They, <laughs> right. Uh, High Roseman, he is not he's – nice. They don't he, stand pat. He, he ain't scared. No. High Roseman ain't scared. They don't scared. get comfortable. No. Never and, has been. and, you know, we can debate, but, I mean, the Eagles in the last five or six years have won a Super Bowl, been to another Super Bowl, moved on from one quarterback to the next quarterback. And, you know, it's one of those things that in Philadelphia you feel like if Jalen Hurts has another rough year next year, they're ready to move on from him. Honestly, <laughs> Harry Roseman, I don't doubt it, man. Harry Roseman, he does not play. He, he's not going to sit around. He's, if it's inevitable, he's going to make it immediate. Yeah. He's, he's like, oh, it's inevitable that we're going to uh, – this coach is going to fail. You know what? I'm firing him. I'm moving on. So – Hi, Roseman. Like he's Andy Reid. I'm like, Andy Reid ain't, ain't getting it done here. But he's reaching the NFC title game. I don't care. <laughs> doesn't matter to me. He's, he's winning playoff games. That doesn't matter. We got it. Andy Reid's got to go. We got going. Because if we're not competing for a Super Bowl, and if that is not the standard for Harry Roseman, then he'd rather just he'd rather just keep gambling. He'd rather just keep reinventing it if, he, Which, if he's not uh, playing for a Super Bowl. I guess to my mind, uh, that would be my style. That would be that's how I would want my team to to act, right? Yeah. 
because, you know, some would say that's knee-jerk and it's uh, you should build with stability. But with, with the Cowboys, we're talking about three, two, going on three decades now of this. So there's – yeah. I mean, you stood pat with Jason, uh, Jason Garrett for ten years. Yep. Uh, telling yourselves and trying to sell yourselves on the fact yeah. that was going to eventually that's, that's work. That's what Harry Roseman understands that that the Cowboys don't. And, and the Cowboys, listen, the Cowboys are, are are decently run organization. They're not like that. You know, I mean, it's not a totally dysfunctional embarrassment of an organization. I mean, they're winning twelve games, making the playoffs. But what I don't think they do, and I've said this several times, I don't think they study the NFL enough and the trends and the patterns in the NFL in several ways. Look at how they approach quarterback. Um, you know, we've talked about this with, you know, him, them miscalculating the receiver market at one point. Like, they don't study the league enough, and I think that it hurts them. It ends up coming back to bite them a lot. And they have not yet, and I've talked about this all the time, they have not yet studied the windows of the NFL. The, the, the NFL is built on five-year windows, man. That's it. Harry Roseman understands that. Yeah. Harry Roseman gets like, nah, man, it, that's, why, that's why no head coach – and the quarterback have won their first Super Bowl together outside of a five-year window. Remember I told you, Lamar Jackson and Harbaugh, they were right at it. They were like literally on – they were like on the sixth – close to the sixth year because Lamar Jackson didn't start the entire year his rookie year, and he's missed like seven, eight games during the last four or five years. So basically this was the entire this, – this was basically their fifth year together overall uh, if you take out the injuries and everything, and now they're outside the window, and that's scary. The Buffalo Bills outside the window. When you're outside the window, you need to change up something drastically. If not, trust me, your 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 immediate inevitable right downward spiral is going to happen. Like you're going to regress. Regression is just because the NFL is set up that way. The way the salary cap is set up, it's set up for you to have a five year window with a player. Five year windows with good players. Once you draft all those really good players, you want to pay them at one point. Now you could just keep on drafting really good players, but the likelihood of that is really low. Truth is, you're going to miss on some guys. You're going, some guy, guys going to be bust. Look at the 49ers. Have drafted well as any team out there. Busted on the quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> so it's going to happen. Like, that's just natural, right? That's just human nature. You're going to make mistakes. You're not perfect. But if you do draft really well, you're probably going to have a five-year window. That's it. Harry Roseman gets that. He's like, man, if we ain't on that five-year window, I'm moving on. And it's why he's, he, that's why he changed coordinates this year because he's like, I got Jalen Hurts and his coach. All right, we're on year three. Of this five-year well, window. Well, and I, I think the, the problem, because this text says, so, so e, if it's Dak, then, it's, then it can't be Jones. It can't be both. No, it can't be both. It can't. I mean, the root cause of the problem for the last 27 years is Jerry, Jerry Jones. I think we can all agree with that as far as the complacency of the organization and the, yep. the, or, to, to the things you're talking about, not studying the league, not understanding the five-year windows, all the things that good personnel people and good general managers do. Um, but it also can – Dak is, can be part of this problem. And Dak has shown to have a ceiling as a quarterback. And the, the, but the general manager, who's also the owner, is the one who doesn't see that. He, he, at least he sells that he doesn't see that. Yeah. He believes there's a next level to Dak Prescott. I disagree with that. Um, to, again, this is what, what – can I play this piece of sound? This is interesting because the big conversation – because this says if Joe Flacco can win a Super Bowl, then the Cowboys can. If Trent Dilfer can win a Super Bowl, then the Cowboys can too with Dak Prescott. This is a different era of football than when Trent Dilfer was playing in 2000, right? I mean, this is a different t- time in the football – um, it, it's a passing league. It's a quarterback-driven league. And, you know, look at, the, look at the quarterbacks in the Super Bowl right now. And this goes to, to looking for the next guy if you know your quarterback has a ceiling. Listen yeah, to – so Jed York, who is the oh, yeah, 49ers. Uh, 49ers owner. Mm-hmm. Correct. And you know him. And he was yep. holding court yesterday, meeting the media, getting ready to head out to the Super Bowl. And Jed York, listen to him telling a story about Kyle Shanahan mm-hmm. and how Brock Purdy <laughs> ascended to the, uh, yeah. to the top spot as a quarterback – 
because if you're if you're a football guy, you're looking for the for your your highest ceiling QB. Uh, listen to Jed York talking about how Brock Purdy and, and a story that kind of backs up you know, Kyle Shanahan's belief in Brock Purdy and just how good he is. After practice, he's like, hey, hey man, we we, we got to talk, and that's generally not a good thing when your coach tells you we got to talk. I'm like, all right, what's up? And he's like, uh, I think our third string quarterback's our best quarterback. I'm like, okay. I'm like, what does that mean? He's like, well, he's like, obviously, like. We've invested in Trey. Like Trey's doing a good job. Like we're going to do everything that we can. We're not going to change that, and we're not going to change the chart, the depth chart. But like, I, I, I think Brock will end up being our quarterback at some point. And like he didn't force it, right? You had two injuries, and that's how Brock ended up playing. But he's he's always honest, even if it's not like one thing that owners don't love to hear when they've invested money and or draft picks or both into people that. The last pick in the draft is the guy that we think is the best. That's that's generally not great news, um, but but he's honest and he let it play out the right way. You know, Brock. I think ironically, I think his first game was against the Chiefs, and he, he had some mop up time. And I, Brock, I think he threw one ball into the stands, and you know. I may or may not have had some sarcastic comments for, for Kyle post-game. Um, but when Brock took over last year, like I think we had a calm about us, but there was a sense that like nothing catches you by surprise. And, and again, like, you, you, you might not love uh, everything. Yesterday. Uh, and obviously the, the crux of that is, well, they had Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance as quarterbacks, and as Jed York, the owner, saying we're paying – Jimmy Garoppolo, good money. We good gave money. up a lot of draft picks to get Trey Lance, and here's my head coach telling me that you know this third guy might be. Is, it looks like he's our best guy. Um, you know, to me, I mean that that doesn't exactly parallel with the Cowboys, but the point being, you should always be looking for the best player, right? And are the Cowboys doing that? Have the Cowboys do they settle on a quarterback like they did with Romo potentially and with with Dak, without looking for the next quarterback? To your point of their bad organizational habit of not drafting quarterbacks, mm-hmm. almost like they want to put blinders on and say, no, 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 this is our guy. There's not a better guy out there. Well, because they like their guys. They like their guys. So once they find their guy, oh, we like our guy. We go from liking our guy to loving their guy. And that's, like I said, that's fine. But the other organization, if you study the league, they have been in that situation where they like a quarterback, but they don't love him. And if you don't love him, why marry him? You don't marry somebody you like. You marry somebody you love. And that's why Philadelphia went from a Carson Wentz to, hell, let Nick Foles have it to win the Super Bowl and then give it over to Jalen Hurts because they like those guys, didn't love them. I got to find me a quarterback that I love. And 49ers did the same thing. Went from Jimmy Garoppolo. You know what? Let's see if we love this Trey Lance kid. Oh, we don't? Turns out, turns out we love Brock Purdy. Didn't know that. But you ain't going to find out until you go out there and date enough people to, find, you know, to get some experience in the, in the relationships or having different relationships to find out if you can fall in love with a different quarterback. The Cowboys don't know that. And we've seen that with Philadelphia. We've seen that with San Fran. You've seen it with Kansas City, right, with Alex Smith. San Francisco has done it multiple times. Jim Harbaugh did it too. It happens all around the league, guys, all around the league. It does. The upgrade at the QB position. Um, and the Cowboys believe Dak Prescott gives them the best chance to win, so they don't need to upgrade. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, and I said it's not isolated to Dallas. Uh, you know, the, the Ravens now have that question with Lamar Jackson. I know they love Lamar Jackson, but it's a performance-based league. And when you get into the playoffs, Lamar Jackson is 2-4 and four now. 
and has had some poor games in the playoffs. He led his team to all of 10 points last week. They've had their lowest scoring output of the seasons in the postseason when Lamar Jackson starts. Think about that. that yeah. And, and, and again, <laughs> it's a carbon copy with in. Dak Prescott because Dak Prescott – uh, the last three playoff runs in January, the, the consistent has been Dak Prescott doesn't perform. Um, the, the Dan Quinn defense performed twice in the San Francisco games, both times. The defense played well enough to win. Just like Baltimore's defense played well enough to win last Sunday, and the offense couldn't go take it. That was the case with the Cowboys the previous two years. This past year, this January, it was a wholesale collapse for the Cowboys. We all agree with that. But that's three straight years, and the quarterback has been the consistent theme. Uh, And it's eight years now for Dak Prescott in this league, and he has not led your team on a long run. That would be signaled to move on, or at least be planning to move on, not planning to re-sign the quarterback for the next five or six years, which Jerry Jones is openly uh, you know, saying they're, they're considering doing. That would be the crux they did of trade the year. Lance, tra- Trey Lance. I know that's why I'm saying trading for Trey Lance was that the beginning of what you're saying. Yeah. You know what? We see what we got here. We know we like Dak, uh, but at the same time, we need to be planning for the future. And that will be this, – this offseason will tell us everything we need to know about that. If they don't restructure his contract Agreed. and extend it, we'll know exactly what they're doing, no matter what they say. Yep. Uh, if they do, they're marrying Dak Prescott for the next five years. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook him up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. All right, bullish or BS time on Hook'em Up with Ian Rod B. Bull, not bullish, BS on the weekend. Not a lot of football to watch. Senior Bowl, whatever the Pro Bowl is. I think there's an NHL hockey all-star game this weekend, Rod. Could be bullish on that. Okay. But I will be bullish on the Grammy Awards on Sunday night. I always watch the Grammys. I'm a big fan of the performances. and yeah, uh, it's good concerts. Music, big, music's biggest night. A lot of collaborations, typically. I always watch the Grammys. Probably the best awards show just because you just – I mean, you don't have to care about the awards at all. You can just watch performances. That's right. Great That's artists. Right. <laughs> and they do a great job. And they do a lot of good collabos and stuff in there. Oh, they Interesting do. Interesting collabos. Well, in Austin's yeah. own Terry Lacona, who is the uh, man in charge of Austin City Limits, right, the television show. Uh, he is also uh, one of the executive producers of the uh, Grammy Awards. He's okay. always out there performing. He's, I've, we, I've talked to him many times about just what a, a, a challenge that is. Oh, it's a spectacle, man. I mean, to, to create. It's crazy. And, and the logistics of it. He's to amazing. go from performance to performance and have one set. And I was wonder how, how how often they practice it because these performers uh, are all doing their own stuff. Well, I know and Terry, shows and stuff. The, I Terry Lacona get together. goes out there a month in advance at least. That's what I'm saying, like, how, but how often can the artists get together because they're all doing their own thing? I know. It's a, it's, a, it's a big logistical job, but that'll be Sunday night, so if you're into music, that'll be a big night for you. Uh, also, today is Groundhog Day. We'll tell you that. Did not see a shadow. Punxsutawney Phil. But bullish or BS on this run? Punxsutawney. Bullish or BS, you and Ty. Billionaire Peter Thiel, Teal, Peter Thiel, is funding something he's calling the Enhanced Games. The Enhanced Games. To rival games. the Olympics that would allow athletes to, to participate <laughs> to use performance-enhancing drugs. <laughs> According to front office sports, Peter Thiel is in talks with several potential host cities. Organizers expect to launch the inaugural Enhanced wow. Games by 2025. I love it. Honestly, man. Like I said, I love it. How can you not? At least he's admitting it. I mean, have you ever wondered just how, how far, like a like it's someone that's been doing steroids for like five years, to throw a javelin or a shot put? Yeah, but, or yeah, what, how I, fast they could run? Like, I think oh, it would be interesting. It. I, I think it's great. Well, we've already seen some of this, right? We've watched baseball steroid here. We know you can push, you can push P- 
peak performance a uh, long way if you got performance enhancers. But the concern would be what are the negative health effects? We know there are negative health effects of using yeah, steroids, you encouraging enhancers. It. Yeah, you know that. I mean, we know that from science and medical, right, from medical studies. So, yeah, I don't know how you do that in a responsible way when you know there is damage done. But if it was announced ahead of time, it's been, it, it kind of listed, this is what I've been taking. You know, if they do set a, an ultimate world record, we know it would be in that in that category, not oh, in the Oh, well, yeah, they wouldn't even be considered. They wouldn't right. even consider for any of them. But as far as a TV show? Oh, yeah. As far as, except, but is it – what are we what are we promoting? Are we promoting someone damaging their body just – which, you know, I mean, that's with performance enhancers, like with steroids and stuff? Like we don't care about the damage done to the body? We don't care about them? Doing that damage at Does all? the NFL care about the damage done to the bodies of their athletes? <laughs> that is fair. That is fair. That's a good point. That's a good point. Get these, you know, to get these offensive linemen, fatten them up, fatten them up. As soon as they retire, they get skinny. You know what I'm saying? Nah, you're right about that. That's going to be, yeah, for our entertainment. I guess we watch people risk their health, safety, well-being all the time for our entertainment. It's like, uh, yeah, no different than, than Roman times. <laughs> the, well, it's kind of like in the Coliseum. You know, the thing I would compare it to is wrestling, right? Wrestling we know is scripted, but at the same time it's entertainment. And, you know, these are really athletic people. And a lot of them are on performance-enhancing drugs. I think we know that. I think the healthiest of the performance enhancers is basically HGH, right? The human growth hormone. Yeah. As natural as you can get. So well, maybe, I was, maybe I would lean toward the more natural of the PEDs. You know, human growth hormone, breast milk. Give me some of that breast milk. No, I want to know exactly what they're on <laughs> and what they're taking. I know. I think they should list that when they <laughs> when they perform. Be like, he is taking this, 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 and this. And be like, oh, I would be on the HGH. That would be my thing. Yeah. Give me all the HGAs you can get. My wife's got a lot of it. I think I can just drink breast milk and be good. There's a ton of it in there. This guy is on uh, equine steroids. <laughs> exactly. There you go. I mean, and then you'll find out. Like, I need to know. Man, you know what? I'm for it. I would watch it. I would watch it. I would support the it, but I would watch it. games. Let us know. Bullish or BS. This says, sounds like something to be airing on Spike TV. Man. That's true. Yeah, and, of course, billionaires are like, you know what? You know what I'd watch? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's great. All right, we'll have more coming. And the combat sports. They're talking about combat sports, too. Oh. Fighting each other on PEDs. We're not making you do it. That's <laughs> you true. Want, we got people slapping each other on <laughs> yeah, the television. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll be back. Hook them up with Ian Rod B.